Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The Visibility Factor podcast is brought to you in part by the 90-Day Visibility Breakthrough Accelerator Program. Do you believe deep down inside that you can have a bigger career, but you don't know how to get there? You can keep doing what you're doing, but what if there is a better way that could accelerate your progress? This 90-day program is a powerful experience that is unique to you and provides dedicated time to focus on your specific challenge. It gives you the time to develop big ideas and plans to execute them, including the tools, resources, and motivation needed for success. Hundreds of clients have used this same program to take them to the next level in their career and to create a better life. Join me in a 90-day experience that focuses on challenges like creating a strategic plan, how to lead an organizational change, or prepare for a career transition. This dedicated time will help you see new possibilities, recognize your strengths, and take away key insights that can be leveraged immediately. Are you ready to create a breakthrough for yourself? If you're interested in learning more, visit susanmbarber.com forward slash visibility breakthrough accelerator for more information and to sign up for the program. I look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. Today, we are going to talk about creating a better workplace. It's a hot topic right now. A lot of people have a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts around the workplace. The Gallup organization recently put out a report based on the Global Workplace 2023 research they've been doing, and it's called The Voice of the World's Employees. They surveyed over 120,000 leaders to include in this research. Now, before I start, let me make it clear that this is a report that the Gallup organization has researched and created. I'm just going to highlight some things in here that I thought were interesting to talk about. But obviously, this is research that they have done that's trademarked and copyrighted. And I will link the report in the notes section of the podcast so you can take an opportunity to read it yourself. But know that some of the things that I'm talking about in here are actually coming from that report directly. So the the big clear answer that Gallup came out with is that we need to change the way that people are managed. That's their one simple sentence. Change the way your people are managed. Poor management leads to lost customers and lost profits, but it also leads to miserable lives. Gallup's research into well-being at work finds that having a job you hate is worse than being unemployed. And those negative emotions end up at home, impacting relationships with family. If you're not thriving at work, you're unlikely to be thriving at life. So when I read that statement from them, that's really impactful to think about. And it's probably not a surprise in any way. We all know that having a bad or toxic work environment is not good. A bad boss creates so much stress and anxiety that it's hard to even focus on what you need to do at work. And then you ultimately bring it home to your family, which isn't great either. Now, I'm not saying that you can't learn how to manage some of that stress for yourself and the negative emotions that you're feeling. But when you're surrounded by that every day, it definitely makes it far more difficult. Remember the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And most of the time, we are spending those days and hours of our lives with the people that we work with. So let me step back a little bit. If you're not familiar with this report, it's really about capturing the voice of the world's employees to help leaders make better decisions. So according to Gallup, there are some positive trends, but also a lot of work to do. Here's where leaders should start. 
So they identify two areas in which they want to give some guidance in how leaders should look at this report. The first one is focus on the most winnable employees. Nearly six in 10 employees are quietly quitting. We all know that phrase now, but they are likely to become engaged with a few changes in their workplace. The second piece of direction they give is to give them a better manager. So focus on your most winnable employees and give them a better manager. Let's look at these two things in a little more detail. So first of all, focusing on your most winnable employees. If you took a look at your team right now, how much time are you spending with each of them? Are you spending the majority of your time with the winnable people, the people who have a lot of potential and passion and excitement for their role? Or are you spending more time with the people that you need to address issues with? I think it's really easy to put the high-passion, high-performing team members on autopilot and spend your time trying to address the issues with the others. But imagine if you spent more time with the high-performing team members, you could help them even more. And isn't that a better use of your time? Now, in my experience, for people who aren't high-performing, they have to make some shifts. And are they motivated to do something different to develop themselves? If you see that they're excited about making some of those shifts, then that's amazing. Maybe no one has ever done that for them before. But if your time is being spent trying to force that to happen, and they're not interested in changing, then your time is probably better spent somewhere else. The next one that they recommended was around giving a better manager to people. I think we have a real problem at times where we don't necessarily spend enough time creating the best foundation for managers to succeed. We may send them to a class or two, but becoming a manager and leading people isn't something you can just learn in a class. A person can't just magically become a better manager overnight. Leaders have to figure out who they are, what they stand for, and have a foundation of values and priorities to leverage for decision-making and coaching and guiding a team. Because no one team or situation is the same. And you have to work through those experiences, make mistakes, be willing to learn. Leaders need support, guidance, and coaching to learn how to lead through those various situations that a leader of a team is going to encounter. This support can come from a peer, a manager, a mentor, or an external coach. This transition is the hardest one to make and the one where I definitely struggled myself. And I've seen so many others work really hard at it, but they aren't sure how to manage that transition successfully. Now, I didn't learn this lesson early enough in my career and I had to learn it later. So I really talk about this a lot with people and try to help them understand the importance of spending time on your foundation as a leader so you can become better at it and have something to rely on when you need it. One of the most interesting statistics out of this report was around the engagement. 23% of the world's employees were engaged at work in 2022, the highest level since Gallup began measuring global engagement in 2009. Okay, are you shocked at that number? 23% is unbelievable to me. The number in the US and Canada alone is 31%. That's so sad. I feel like the pace in the world today has created so many good things, access to information, technology, and systems that help you get things done faster. But it feels like somewhere along the way, we lost the connection between people. People are engaged when they feel like they belong in an organization. They find purpose in their work, a community of people to accomplish things with, and they're developing and growing. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people where they feel disconnected and that people don't care about their success meaning their managers don't care about their success. So what happens when disconnection and disengagement occur? People are going to leave and go somewhere else where they can find it. According to Gallup, globally over half of employees express some level of intent to leave their job. Gallup highlights the three ways to look at engagement in an organization, and they break it into three categories. 
thriving at work, quiet quitting, and loud quitting. Thriving at work, these employees find their work meaningful and feel connected to the team and their organization. They feel proud of the work they do. They take ownership of their performance. They're going the extra mile for teammates and customers. Quiet quitting, these employees are filling a seat, watching the clock. They put in the minimum effort required and they are psychologically disconnected from their employer. Although they're minimally productive and they are more likely to be stressed and burnt out than engaged workers, they feel lost and disconnected from their workplace. Loud quitting, these employees actually take actions that directly harm the organization, undercutting its goals, opposing its leaders. At some point along the way, the trust between employee and employer was severely broken or the employee has been woefully mismatched to a role causing constant crisis. Can you name the people in each of these groups in your organization or in your team? I bet you can. If you're leading a team, what are you doing to either move people into the thriving at work category, helping them find a place where they can be engaged or talking to them about other options? Doing nothing isn't solving the problem. Hoping it gets better by itself isn't solving the problem. So why is this important? Gallup talked about looking at the big picture. Low engagement workers represent an immense opportunity for economic growth. Gallup estimates that low engagement costs the global economy $8.8 trillion. Leadership and management directly influence workplace engagement. And there's a lot of organizations that can do some things to help their employees thrive at work. For leaders and managers, loud quitting signals major risks within an organization. They're important not to ignore. Conversely, quiet quitters are often your greatest opportunity for growth and change. They are waiting for a leader or a manager to have a conversation with them, encourage them, inspire them. A few changes to how they are managed could turn them into productive team members. So if you focused your efforts on the quiet quitters, you can actually turn them around. Now, when team members come to a leader with issues that they've tried to address on their own and they're met with resistance to any solutions or recommendations that they have, how are they supposed to feel? In one example, I know there is a set of team members who have raised issues with their management about the massive amounts of workload they have. They've done this multiple times with their manager and suggested changes, and the manager has really not paid attention or done anything. The manager says all the right things, of course, but ultimately won't allow them to do any of the suggestions that they have. The manager offers no additional ideas to be helpful and alleviate the actual problem. So if that manager does nothing to help the situation that those teams are facing, they're basically creating an environment of disengagement right there. Now, if I put myself in the manager's position for a minute, there may be things going on that have caused them to be unable to do something different at that time. But then say that. Tell that team that there are things going on in the organization that have some changes coming and I'll let you know as soon as I can what those changes are. Have some transparency about what's going on and then come back to them in a month to discuss it. Because there's a real situation right there that may be an organizational change or other things going on. But if the rest of the organization doesn't know about it, it's going to impact how they work. It's going to impact those conversations that they're having. So I will just ask you to look at your own organization and start to think about that for yourself. Are you addressing things? Are you at least saying that there's something going on? Providing transparency can go a long way in building trust and allowing people to be okay with things not being perfect right now. So let's talk about stress. In the research, 44% of employees said they experienced a lot of stress in the previous day, repeating the record in 2021. It's a continued high of elevated stress that began almost a decade earlier. 
So that is how Gallup measures it. They say, you know, how is your stress from the day before? Because probably when they asked them the question, it was, you know, morning of the day that they were discussing it and it didn't make sense to ask them for that day. 44%. That's almost half of your workforce. Experiences stress probably each day, honestly. Stress and burnout are no joke. Some people are very aware that it's happening for them, but there are many people who are dealing with it every day who have just normalized it and don't even realize how much they actually have. I was one of those people. I was carrying a lot of stress probably for many years and to be honest, just buried it inside of me. I didn't have time to process it or even reflect long enough on it to understand it. I was raising three kids. I had a full-time job that was a lot of hours and I had a lot to do. There just wasn't time to even think about that. Obviously, that's not healthy. If you're dealing with a lot of stress, please find someone to talk to, whether that's a therapist, a coach, a trusted friend, a family member, someone who can help you. And for those of you who are looking around at the organization and, and seeing people who might be struggling, just understand that you don't know what people are dealing with. So being a person who will listen to them is a great first step, but they may need to do more to manage it, obviously. If you're the person dealing with stress, you need to get it out and work through it. It isn't going away. It will come out physically at some point and make you deal with it. So if you look back at episode 52, Jenny Lumenthal came on the show and talked about the effects of stress in her book, Corporate Rehab, and the story she heard from people who didn't deal with the stress, and it finally was too much. She had a few stories in her book, one of them where a woman was so stressed, running between Zoom meetings and paused for a salad in the break room and fell back and hit her head on the drywall because she fainted. Someone found her on the ground later. And that's when she realized, maybe my job is stressful. (laughs) Um, But most of the time, you just don't think about it. You just keep going. In other situations, a woman said her hair started falling out and they couldn't figure out why. Or another was rushed to the emergency room with a heart attack. When she got there, the doctor said, after all the tests, there's nothing wrong with you. You just have too much stress in your life. And so many of these signals, I think our bodies are trying to tell us They're sending us signals all the time and they'll start with like a light tap on your shoulder. And if you don't pay attention, they'll pretty much, you know, hit you over the head and say, hey, you need to pay attention to me. And it's obviously something that can be very scary by that point. So learning to deal with stress earlier on is is a better thing for you physically and mentally. Um, I'll attach the link to Jenny's uh, episode in the show notes so you can go check that out. Now, engagement and stress are linked together. High engagement creates lower stress and low engagement creates higher stress. Now, the Gallup analysis finds that engagement has 3.8 times as much influence on employee stress as work location. In other words, what people experience in their everyday work, their feelings of involvement and enthusiasm matters more in reducing stress than where they are sitting. Leaders need to ask if poor remote work performance or poor hybrid work performance is a location problem or a management problem. And no location can fix poor management. And the office alone has no magic to create a great organizational culture. So in my view, there are many debates about where work happens now, remote, hybrid, or the office. The ability to lead remotely is a skill that leaders need to embrace. It is the reality of leadership now, and you need to find ways to help your team remotely just as much as you would in person. In other words, there is very little difference in the higher engagement scores if you were remote, hybrid, or in the office. And I think most people would be surprised by that because there are a lot of people who feel like, oh, I'm much more happy. I feel lighter. I feel less stress working remotely. But if you don't have the support of a manager or the culture of the organization isn't great, you don't feel appreciated and valued, it makes a difference, right? 
you can't do your work in the best way. You don't feel the fulfillment you would get if you had a stronger manager. Now, 85% of the responses offered by those considered to be quiet quitting, which is the majority of employees, were related to engagement or culture at 41%, pay and benefits at 28%, and well-being work-life balance at 16%. Let me restate that. 85% of the responses offered for just the quiet quitting group, which is the majority of employees, when they looked at why that was happening for them, it was engagement or culture at 41%, pay and benefits at 28%, and well-being work-life balance at 16%. So I wanted to just share with you the highest category that they talked about here, engagement and culture. And they asked people, what would they do to change about their workplace to make it better? And they came up with a list of things that they would suggest that their employers think about for everyone to get recognized for their contributions. I would like it if the managers were more approachable and we could talk openly. They should grant more autonomy in the work to stimulate everyone's creativity. I would like to learn more things, but the work I do is quite repetitive. I just wish they respected me more. Giving everyone a fair chance in getting promoted. Clearer goals and stronger guidance. Now, they've given you answers here. You know, Maybe this is your workplace, maybe it's not. But it doesn't hurt to at least look at this list and see if there's something you would do differently. How would you help some of the people if this was their list? Maybe it's a question you should ask your own team. Ask them what they would do to make the workplace better in their opinion. Maybe you get a list of things that are similar or slightly different, but at least you've asked the question and now you can do something about it. So today's visibility action step is think about the actions that you could take with your own team members. Whether you are leading a team or not, look around and try to determine the engagement level of the people that you work with every day. What could you do to help build engagement wherever you are in the organization? If you are a leader who's leading remotely for the first time, how can you build those skills to be able to do what you need to do to support your team? It is absolutely possible to support your team from wherever you are. All it requires is some intention to make it happen. These small changes can make such a big difference for your team and they'll feel engaged and ready to work and excited to be there and support you as a leader. I hope you enjoyed today's Visibility Factor podcast and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.